0: Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I am back with Adam Balderstone, and we are going to be talking about Babylon 5, Season 3, Episodes 14 through 17. So that's Ship of Tears, Interludes and Examinations, War Without End, and War Without End Part 2. Now, Adam's going to give his uh, synopsis of of, uh, Ship of Tears to start, but before he does, I just want to say, Adam, I have, for my notes, I have damn, wow... Oh my god, I have so many exclamations in my notes over these four episodes, so I think this is going to be an interesting discussion, Uh, so why don't you sort of get us started here with, uh, with Ship of Tears. Sure, Ship of
1: Tears. Uh, We uh, have Bester back again in this one. He shows up with a proposal for the Babylon 5 team that he's he's become aware of the Shadows, and he doesn't want anyone else controlling psychics more than he controls them. So he is not fond of the Shadows, and he suggests they team up to uh, raid a supply of what he says are weapon parts. And uh, in the other major plot line going on in this, uh, Jakar is still very insistent about wanting in on the War Council. And he finally puts his foot down. It's like, look, I did my part of the bargain. You've got to let me in. And uh, so Delenn has to have a talk with him beforehand and uh, reveal that, you know, the secrets they have been hiding and how they've kind of let so many things happen. And uh, so they have a tense discussion there. But, yeah, those are the uh, the major threads going on. So what did you think of this
0: episode? So my note is, this is a damn good episode. That was my <laughs> my feeling on it. Um, number one, it's got Bester. I really like Bester. Um, yeah. But number two, what what I liked about this one was there, there's always, like, an A and a B or an A and a B and a C plot. And usually I care way more about one of them than the other ones. And this one, I liked both plots equally i i i i found myself just as engaged in the a and the b and i i i was i didn't mind when they switched back and forth I wasn't like oh no now we gotta <laughs> you know it it was a i was just as curious about you know both stories that were unfolding um so so i enjoyed it i i i really liked this episode uh, you know again in the context of the four i would there's there's a lot coming you know it, it, this is again one of those things where uh Babylon 5 has this tendency where I just, I watched an episode that's like uh, an, a, an 8 and I, mis- I mistake it for a 10 because I forget how vast the Babylon 5 scale, you know, the, the Babylon, Babylon yeah. 5 has like a different scale of quality. And so, uh, and so but this was a very good episode. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I think a lot of this. And like you say, the, the, the Jakar plotline, this is great. It's not, it's not like there's a lot of plot developments. It's mainly character. And, you know, in a, like the, the scene with him and Delenn is just fantastic where uh, she reveals it. And he, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he kind of goes back to the, you know, whole vision thing he had with, uh, with, with Jaquan appearing as his father and so on and uh, it's it's uh, yeah it, 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 it's just a powerful scene and uh, you know and Jacquard, you know capping, he kind of he kind of accepts it but he's he's not willing to forgive at this point yeah.
0: you know? <laughs> no I thought they had a very good scene there um, and I the other thing I liked about this episode, I still don't know if I, you know, obviously Bester is sort of kind of seeming to be on their side, but you never really know. Cause he could be, this could be like a long con on Bester's part. And so Yeah, well, the
1: thing is, it's like Bester's always on his own side. You know, it's like I said, I think, you know, I mean, he, he found, he found, you know, it useful to work with uh
0: Babylon five, but, well, that's you know. no. That's that's how that's how that's the that definitely is what it, it appears is going on. But uh-huh. I know Bester, and I wouldn't put it past him to fake a love story, and a woman, in, you know, in a machine to to get some kind of information on Babylon. Do you know what I mean?
1: That but, no, yeah. That seeing seeing his love story as being some kind of angle, that's really easy to believe. It's but, like his his. It's like how his he. How he was, you know, telling uh, Garibaldi about going on picnics with his family and stuff in the earlier episode. Yeah, and then we find out it's a
0: loveless marriage here. And (laughs) And, and I got to say, Walter Koenig, one of the things I like about his performance is you never really know because he kind of always has this little smile and he's (laughs) always got this sort of there's he'll slip into this monotone when you think he shouldn't be doing that. And you don't know if he's doing it because he's being deceptive or not. You know, it's, it's so so I was like, well, is that a real love story? Is that, you know, and, and, and so I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I still don't know if I trust him, but I like, I like where it's going though. I'm wary of where it's going. Um, and yeah,
1: you never you never want to get too comfortable with uh with Bester around. But I do like the uh the, the, the you know, method they use of deciding whether to, to work with him or not of having Ivanova go in there and they're just like, Okay, well, you'll know if he's scanning you and if he isn't scanning you we'll work with him. But if he is, we're just gonna block him up forever. That's it.
0: But but we found out something very important this episode. Telepaths are a problem for um mm-hmm. for the shadows. And so that was interesting and, and, and they tied it in nicely to the book of Jaquan and, you know, Garibaldi's doing his research in the book of Jaquan. And, uh, and so, yes. you know, I like, I, li- I like that stuff. I thought, I thought that was, you know, and I'm, I'm enjoying Garibaldi sort of taking an interest in the book of Jaquan, uh, and, and learning about it. It's, I think it's, it's, it, it's an interesting development for his character. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. It gives, it fleshes his character out a lot. And, uh, yeah so that that was a a new development there and uh yeah another new development which you know from a visual perspective we get those fancy new star furies with uh two two people on board Mm. which i don't know i'm a little ambivalent on those i uh
0: now why are you ambivalent what 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 bothers you about them
1: well the thing that was cool about the uh You know, the original Star Furies is that, like, you know, NASA, like, kind of approved those. And it's like, yeah, these these are real space vehicles that would work like real space Mm -hmm. vehicles, the way they move and everything. And with these, you know, with, with these new Star Furies, they've got the trick that they can go in the atmosphere. And just having those little, like, flaps come out, I'm like... Yeah, I'm not not really buying that those that's a viable way to make them work. Has, in
0: has the NASA atmosphere. commented on those ones, or have they? Have they I don't have, know. I
1: never looked they... into it. So, uh, so I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I just felt we'll like to
0: look... I felt like we should felt... check into that because I'll bet somebody's tried to figure this out. I oh,
1: I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. So there's no question. Someone on the internet has talked about this, but they I like them on the whole. I like having the two. Two people on board that's kind of cool and uh but but i I gotta say
0: the one the way the star fury is structured with the one person is pretty cool i do like that that i I like the look of the first ones um visually so uh but i but i but i think that's an even more interesting criticism so um, (laughs) but I, i i did think it was i was surprised they let bester on the white star just like that that was something that sort of surprised me um, that
1: was surprising. Yeah, I know. I, I, uh, I, I agree that was kind of a, a dubious thing there because honestly, I don't think until then Earth even knew that, you know, I mean, they had the white star ship show up at Earth, but I, I don't think Earth knows anything about the white stars at this point. So That seemed a really big thing to let slip out.
0: Yeah, but, I did. I did like, you know, learning that he had this this lover. Um, which if you are going to give him a story like that, I think a lover that he fell in love with at Cycor makes much more sense than turning, you know, having him be a family man. Uh, so, yeah. so I, I like that he has this family, but that it's like a loveless marriage and it's this, this, uh, this woman, I can't remember her name, but the character who gets
2: so Carolyn, I think her Carolyn, name was. was it. Okay. Yeah. So
0: she gets fused with, uh, she ends up trying to fuse with Babylon five basically, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. This is pretty. It was pretty. Uh, it kind of reminded me of um, this is sort of an odd one, but but Superman three, where the that's exactly what it reminded people, me yeah, of. Yeah. Yes, that scared the living <laughs> crap out of me as a kid. I had nightmares for days. But, yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I know. But yeah, as a kid, that that was seeing that, that in the theater was pretty terrifying. That's but, the
0: uh, the only Richard Pryor movie to give me nightmares is uh, <laughs> Superman three, um, but. uh but yeah, so and, and the thing with ISN being back on and like them clearly now being a propaganda machine is, uh, yeah. you know, it was well, what I liked about it was Franklin had this weird optimism like it was going to be fine. And, and I, I was like, where is that coming from? Like, why are you yeah, so? You optimistic? need to lay
1: off the stims, Franklin. Yeah. You're yeah. too happy. Yeah, but, yeah uh, maybe
0: that's what it was. It was, it was all the, all the stim, stims in his system. He was, <laughs> he was just in a good mood but yeah.
1: uh i'm so excited the news <laughs> is going to be on but uh yeah yeah i know it, it it was you know it was, it was very predictable the way it was going to play out but uh but it was it was it was still a good note to open the episode on and uh yeah and of course it uh, and of course that that was the opening scene the closing scene of course is uh that the the shadows are now just openly attacking the Brakiri now. That they just like yeah. for, you know they're not they're not they're not playing the little puppet master game anymore. They just got their ships out <laughs> attacking people.
0: So I guess that that brings us to interludes and examinations. It's kind of it's the title is very, you know that's very much what's sort of going on here. But why don't you uh uh explain?
1: Yeah. The uh well, leading out from the last episode with the Shadows being out in the open, Sheridan is uh, trying to get help from the Bakiri. So he, uh, he's trying to get the support of the game, which are a neighboring alien race, to, uh, to help the Bakiri. And the game are just like, well, why should we help you? We don't think you can win. We're just going to sit it out. We haven't been attacked yet. So Sheridan decides he needs to get some kind of victory to try and you know gain some support for his alliance. And uh, in another thread, we've got uh, Londo is just overjoyed. because a D Tyree is finally coming back to him. And so everything's looking good for Londo. He's happy. Things are going his way. And, uh, and Morden, Morden's on the scene to make sure things don't work out right. Yeah. And then we've got another th- thread, which is Franklin and the Stims, which I, I don't know, doesn't hold up as much as the other threads.
0: So... So yeah, I well, so so here's what I'll say. Number one, I well, go ahead. I, th- I might have just interrupted you. I don't want to.
1: Eventually. No, I was about to ask you what you thought, so oh. go ahead.
0: So, so my feeling on this episode was I thought this was the perfect uh, episode to follow the previous one with, especially with what they're going into with the next episodes. And it's right in the title, interludes. There's like a the, – yeah. this is sort of a calm. And I enjoyed this episode a lot for that reason because I knew – why it was there, I knew what they were doing, but they still managed to get a lot into it that I really found interesting and so um I think that you know I, I think that if you watch these four episodes, this is maybe the one that you might forget um but I really liked it like I thought it was um i thought I thought it was a number one I like the uh I like the whole thing with uh with uh Londo and Adira and I liked how that ended. Um, yeah, because it really gives Londo like it really pushes Londo into the dark. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a little bit suspicious that he didn't that he didn't suspect Morden like that. I I feel like
1: the, the actor playing Morden could have played that scene better. I think mm. that's where it came down. I think I think you know as a plot development it was fine, but I felt like Morden played it a little too smarmy in that Mm. scene and so it was like come on you should you should guess
0: not not even that scene because like just the whole idea that he just had this like big argument with morden and morden's like you're gonna pay like we're not gonna forget this and then adir is dead like he's not gonna like like, i mean okay so londo is basically a roman and they're masters of chicanery and poison and and he's just gonna fall for the most obvious uh-huh. You know, poisoner. You know, he's just gonna. Yeah, it was Rifa. Like, he, like he must know that Rifa's smart enough to know that he can't just go poisoning Adira without, you know, Londo knowing yeah. it's him. So, I don't know. It just, it just, it just seemed that that part of it I thought was a little bit.
1: Different. I no, I agree completely. But, I mean, because you know, I mean, one thing you know, because Rifa had cut off his ties with with Morden, so it was like for. For Rifa to cut off his ties with Morgan, then cause himself trouble by killing a dear retiree, just seems like a bad move by Rifa. It's like, well, you already lost what well, you didn't want to lose, and well, I don't know.
0: And okay, but, oh, I should say to people, we're going to spoil a really big plot point right here. Oh um, yeah, you didn't you didn't do it in the synopsis already, did you? I I left that off okay. the synopsis to bring okay. up later. Yeah. Okay, so so in this episode kosh dies yeah um, <laughs> and i thought this was handled wonderfully this is like up there with the ben kenobi death and the way that it's handled because sheridan and kosh have this really big sort of clash where kosh is like you know he, he basically wants kosh to help him get that victory so he can get everybody on board with fighting the shadows and yeah. and kosh is acting kind of out of character in a way like he's he's getting angry it's sheridan like he's he he's using some kind of weird power that he has to to harm him uh telepathically it seems or i don't know with his lens that he's got on his suit and uh and and it was like a really awkward scene and then and then at the end of it kosh is like okay i'll do what you ask but i won't be able to help you when you when you go to zaha doom and uh and he's, and, well, it's,
1: and, his wording is is that he won't help them. It's not that he won't be able to. It's just he simply says, "I right, fine, but I'll do this, but uh, I won't help." And of course, yeah. But Kosh, getting the emotional impact, it's hard. It's hard to get a good tone reading on Kosh, but. Yeah, I, I remember watching it, this episode for the first time thinking, wow, you know, Kosh is just pissed off with him. And he's like, not going to. Yeah. You know? see, see, it came off that to me the first, first time I ever watched this. But, but, uh,
0: but then, so, and, and then he says, and you're right, and that's a really important point because then, like in the next line, Kosh says something to the effect of after Sheridan says, well, that's a, you know, I'm willing to pay that price. He says, he says, well, you, you know, you don't understand, but you will. Yeah, and, and basically, Kosh Kosh delivers. He, you know, they he, they send a uh, like a Vorlon ship to attack, and they are successful. But but that alerts Morden in the Shadows to Kosh's presence on Babylon Five. I, I'm guessing that's what that because because the next then the, one of the next things that happens is, uh...
1: well, it's not it's not alerts them to Kosh's presence because Morden and Kosh have already interacted at one point. But I think, I think, I think my, my reading on this is that it's more of the, the shadows and the Vorlons kind of had almost kind of a truce. And it's like, Oh,
0: okay. It's like
1: Kosh kind of broke the agreement and you know, it's like, okay, we're going to, you want to play rough. We're going to play rough. Okay,
0: All right. That's yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so, but, but the result of it is that they go and they kill Kosh, that Morden sends in men and they kill Kosh. And, uh, I, and and the cool thing about it is Sheridan has a vision of his father, uh, yeah. When Kosh is dying, and so this raises all kinds of questions for me. So so number <laughs> one, it's a very emo it, like for a television show, it was a really emotional scene. It was a really effective yeah. emotional scene, and the reason why is they wait three and a half years or something before you even get like like they really waited to give you a scene like this with these two characters, and and granted Sheridan didn't arrive until season two but presumably it was probably originally meant for Sinclair or something and so I, I don't know I just thought it had a lot of impact but also I'm like wait a second so why is he imagining his father is this just like uh like his brain is just that's the placeholder that it came up with for the vision or is it that his father is actually cautious in some way like, is there? I
1: think. Well, the thing to remember is that he appears to to Jakar as Jakar's father too. So, you know, okay. like, okay. Uh, you know, he has the vision of his father too. So, I think, I think it is just like a way that Kosh kind of, when he appears in your brain, he kind of occupies the father slot. Okay. You know, when he okay. when he appears okay, in your, when he appears in your subconscious, that's okay. just his. Yeah. So, I I, I think that's my reading. I, that's not canon or anything well the
0: the, well, the reason why i was leaning well the reason why i wanted it to be that he was his dad is because he was saying a lot of very fatherly things to him so it wasn't just stuff that i would have expected kosh to say it was like stuff i would expect his father to say too and yeah. so that's why i was like oh, okay is this like 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 and even in the even in the dr- jakar things who's to say kosh wasn't his father, his father, too. Like, like, I don't know the extent of cautious
1: It's true. You know I mean, no, that's possible. I mean, and the, but the other reading, too, is just because just because he is coming through your subconscious, you know, as these characters fathers. I feel like I feel like part of their actual, you know, the, the, that 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 little. Kind of imprint, you know that, that that model you have of your father in your head, because he's using that. It's coming through with, you know, their father's actual, you know, you. image I to you. an extent. I once I again, that's just just yeah. It I don't the way know, I but, but
0: it was very it. Emo- There was a lot of emotion in that scene, and it, it there worked was. really well for me. Um, it's very effective. And so, 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 and and again, this my note for this was like, wow, what an ending! Like, I really. This episode really impressed me, um, and I feel like it would be an easy one. Almost, I almost did forget it because of what follows, because it's sort of in the middle of this <laughs> arc of episodes. And then, as we were discussing this, I'm like, "How could I forget this episode? This is the one where Kosh dies. Like, this is yeah. like, so much happens here." Um, but, uh, but, but again, it's it, the episode itself has a real low key feel. Like, like a major character dies, but it's not the product of a big battle on a spaceship or I I guess it is, but it's not like a, you know what I mean? It's not the product of a, it's not like in the next episode where if a major character did die, it it would have been part of this epic battle. It was, you know, he got killed in his quarters in the middle of the night. Um, Very unexpectedly. I might say like, I was not, I did not see that coming. I, uh, you know, I, I, I knew that there was something to what he said with, you know, you don't understand, but you will. But I figured we'd, hear more about that in a year or two i didn't think it was going to be relevant immediately so
1: yeah i mean i that was once again like the first time i watched this i i didn't get the significance of him saying you know he wouldn't help them He wouldn't go to you know help him when it was time to go to zaha doom and so when it was all those things that like clicked me I'm like oh oh that's what he meant you know and I, I was just yeah i remember i distinctly remember that that hitting me but uh and also yeah I, it's it, it is just a great episode all around
0: and so mm-hmm. i this will come up in the next two episodes but i just gotta ask what is up with with zaha doom because he we know that like this episode like i can't mm-hmm. be there for you and then in then like in another episode delen's like don't go to to zaha doom just don't go and he, there's a, and we'll get into all that stuff when we get there but like yeah. What you know? What is waiting him at, at Zahadum? <laughs> I mean, it there. It's really. I mean, obviously, when we get there, we're going to know it, it. It'll be. It'll be in our heads. Well, you know, we'll 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 know how to react when they. You know, the seed has been planted many times, but uh,
2: yeah, well, but yeah,
0: but yeah. So with this episode, the Franklin storyline was. It actually was a good Franklin storyline. I had a note that it I was. said I. Uh, I think drug crazed Franklin is more interesting than self-righteous Franklin. Like, I think, (laughs) I think that, you know, it just was more interesting to watch, but it's such a, it's such a mundane plot line compared to the other things people are dealing with. Like, you know, Londo's love of his life is poisoned on a, on a, on a, on a spaceship on a transport ship. And, and, uh, you know, Sheridan's teacher basically dies and, You know, uh, though I'm very curious, I'm very curious if his father is still alive. Something about me, something about that scene, you you, you have to wonder if his father is even still alive. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you have Franklin dealing, dealing with a stim addiction <laughs> it's not,
1: yeah it's, i mean it, it was well done i no, mean it, I will i will i will agree with you on that you know and having garibaldi kind of sneak in there and get the extended sides ah screw it you know and it was but uh well what, what i yeah.
0: wa- Oh, go ahead
1: go ahead no i'll go go you go ahead that's fine uh,
0: what i liked about that was they had a, a whole thing where there was this alien that they were treating that was clearly going to die. And one of the doctors thought he was making the wrong choice. And he was getting all outraged because he was up on, on stims. And you thought that the, this was going to be the moment when he loses a patient. And, yeah. And, uh, and that's what, and, and it turns out the he, the patient does survive. He makes the, in the end, he makes the right call at a certain point and, uh, and things are fine for the patient. Um, and so it was just, it just sort of ended. Like I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that scene to end the way it did um and so yeah
1: yeah i know it was it it seemed it seemed like a very predictable tragedy was about to happen there but uh yeah the show kind of zipped there Uh, it's, it's the interesting thing with this show is that it will go really dark places sometimes other times you'll think it's going to and it won't which which always keeps you you know, the suspense up because the show can kind of dodge either way.
0: Yeah. It's not simple. Like a lot of shows now will do the thing where they take, well, what's the most, the thing you expect most we'll do the opposite. And that becomes just as predictable over time as doing the most obvious thing. And in this Mm -hmm. show, it's almost like the pattern is harder to detect. Sometimes they do the thing that you're expecting. Sometimes they don't. And, and, and it's like you say, I I genuinely don't know what's going to happen a lot of the time. And uh, and we definitely get it. so the next episodes. I'm I'm gonna need a roadmap, I think, because. Of it. But uh, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: this this is a, a confusing one. Yeah, War Without End, where we finally get uh, Sinclair comes back. He uh, has been on in bar this whole time as as Ranger One, and he gets a letter from himself from a thousand years ago, telling him with, with instructions to lead him to Babylon Five and at the same time that's going on we've also got the weird area where babylon 4 disappeared and started acting up so garibaldi's gone out to examine that and i think past that point this episode defies easy synopsis so i think we should probably it's, just talk about it yeah
0: so number one <laughs> i was joking but you i really do want a map of this like there there is there's a lot of time travel stuff going on and i think i was following it but I'm gonna just say, as a caveat to to the rest of this episode, I feel like I need to watch these episodes again uh mm. just so that I have a handle on the timelines um uh, so I think I'm gonna be a little muddled here uh, but I really enjoyed the, the these I, number one i I like time travel i yeah. and and i i and this was I was so i knew i mean I knew that we might get Sinclair again, but i i was. I also was a little pessimistic because I know the history of what happened with the show, and so um, I was really delighted when he showed up. I thought I was like, "Wow, he's got like a real cameo this time. It's not like a video recording. It's not like uh, oh. you know, just a passing role." He's and they really let him kind of get back into the the pilot seat of the episode. So it was, yeah. it was. I thought it was really. Good, it, it was good for uh, for that reason, and where they take him by the end of the, we'll just talk about them both as one thing. But where they yeah. take him by the end of the of the two episodes, it's a, that's a really amazing. Uh, I mean, it's messianic, but I think I feel like this is before we were getting messianic plot after messianic plot, and, and yeah, I, I was and, and oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I was saying it didn't feel feel cliche at the time. That's for sure.
0: But also as messianic plots go, this was a good one. This was a very satisfying, you know, and again, spoiler, but like they explain the whole Valen thing and, and like for a show to stay its hand, like if I was, if this were my D and D game or my whatever RPG I happen to be running, if I had this knowledge in my head, the, the, you know, I would not be able to contain it, you know, for that long. I'd, I'd spoil it <laughs> so much. And I, and I imagine a short, like, like the, you know, Straczynski must have been dying to, to tell people about all these things. You know, this...
1: I know I know and I want to say one thing too back at the end of the first season when when you know Sinclair left the show and I, I mean, we were kind of we were talking about the alternate plans for the show and I I, I told you back then that believe me, Sinclair is going to get a very satisfying. Yeah. Arc. You know, yeah, and it's in like... fact,
0: up until now, I thought you had lied about that because I remember cause, because, <laughs> because, because, because then, like, I'm because, because so, so Adam says this to me, and I'm like, oh, wow. So, so we're going to get something amazing on his departure because I assumed that his, his leaving the show would have been written into the script. And I didn't realize he left the show and then they put, they sort of, it was like exposition in the second season. And, and so I got to that yeah. exposition. I'm like, well, well, where's the amazing storyline? And then, and then all we get is a video. And I'm like, what? Like, that's the amazing, that's like, you know, (laughs) they just sort of, you know, I mean, it's a neat folded explanation, but still, but this, now I know what you were talking about. This was, this was like a real heroic end for the character. And I mean, they indulged in it, but it was number one, it, it worked. And the way that they tied it to that prior episode. Because this is this is connected to the episode where they originally went to find Babylon 4 in that zone. What was it sector three or something? Um, you know I'm
1: completely quadrant on three the I think I forget. Quadrant,
0: yeah. I, I forget, but but they went there uh, in the first season and yeah and they tied it in so wonderful. like it was and I don't know if they knew that uh, Sinclair was leaving the show when they made that episode or not but that they were able to do it the way they did it was pretty impressive. You know, that was, uh, yeah,
1: it, it was, it was some, some pretty good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the, the back to the future 2 of Babylon five episodes, but done better. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> And again, I, I'm sure, you know, I don't, I don't know if there are plot holes in this because it, there's a lot of stuff going on, and a lot of movement through time, but, but just on my first viewing, I was just sort of, constantly going wow wow like that's amazing like oh they got that in too and and you know so maybe maybe people have found holes in it but this for first viewing this was a great i was really impressed with this i was really impressed yeah. how they tied it back to an episode two seasons ago and and uh i don't know it was it was a, this was a really Her- good episode it was really it was good great getting the same partners.
1: commander back and everything too. And they managed to get the same actor for the commander. And of yeah. course, you know, it's yeah. It, it, no, it really, really can't do that. Of course, Zothry's comes back. So,
0: <laughs> and I'm still very curious who's cause, cause I remember we, we had this discussion about that doctor who episode with the master. And you were saying that, that something about that master character reminded you of this guy at the time. And I can definitely see that too. And now I'm like, well, that maybe that was like a, you know, maybe they were referencing Babylon Five. I don't
1: right? know. I don't know if they were or not. So, I mean, I, I it had been, a, you know, when I watched that Doctor Who episode, it had been a long, long time so, since I saw Zothras. So I, it was kind of weird that I remembered. I've him,
0: actually been afraid to look up who the actor is who plays Zothras because now I'm wondering if he's going to take off his makeup and reveal that he's some other person in disguise or something. Um, (laughs) But, but Zothras is a very interesting character. And, and I like the way that they tied it into Epsilon three. And this was just a very, this was a really cool episode because it it explained a lot of stuff. And I felt like the pieces had really been put in place long ago. Um, Yeah. And I know, you know, they might've had to shuffle some pieces because casting changes and things like that. But, uh, but it, but but this really felt like a well-planned moment in the series. And, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of shows that, that, that have tried to do this sort of thing, and it just doesn't feel as well-planned as this.
1: Yeah. there. When you look at it carefully, there are parts where you can tell they had to adjust things mm-hmm. because of things that had changed over the course of the show. But the fact they even got it as perfect as they did mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. It's uh, It's like... You know, I mean, you know, one thing to bring up, for example, is, you know, they they, they have the thing where, uh, you know, Sinclair gets aged by the temporal effect. And it's like, OK, well, that was probably I'm guessing that probably, you know, they had to use the temporal effect to explain why he was older now. Yeah. And they probably originally intended it to be further into the story. Yeah. But. But But at the same time, it's great because we actually did have that guy who prematurely aged during the original episode in season one. So, like I said, I think it was a cheat, but it was a cheat that was entirely within the rules they set up already.
0: And it was a cheat they had to do because they had, had you know, I mean, obviously, like I said, the casting changes, you can't really predict that sometimes. So um, if it changed things and they had to adjust, that was fine by me. And that was one of the things where I saw that. And I was like, I think that might've been done because it was kind of thrown in. It was kind of like, well, yeah. I was, I was affected by time. So I'm older now. Um, but, yeah. um, but it worked, and and you got to see worked. that. See, you got to see the see like the scene where you just saw him, and you didn't know who he was talking to. And I think I even said, "Is that Delenn?" Is that and I, and it might not have originally been Delenn. I don't know, but well,
2: it
1: was. And the I mean, reason why they didn't show Delenn in the original show, well, the original episode, they you know they keep Delenn just off camera, is because they were hiding the fact that she was going to be more human looking. So that was that that was actually something that was planned. So, but,
0: but the fact that. Okay, so again, we've spoiled a lot already, but we're going to spoil yeah. more. The fact oh, that yeah. he becomes half Mimbari, or like a full, I don't know, yes. full Mimbari, with that device, and that, that that's how Delenn gets the device, that yeah. was perfect. That was so <laughs> perfect. And the, you know, Mimbari not bored of Mimbari, that was, oh, that was just like a, a exceptional. I a, Yeah,
1: uh, it's it's there's there's so many so many things that are really well done with this and of course we we haven't even gotten into Sheridan's plot where he gets displaced in time and ends up in Londo's palace around the time you know where londo's telling the story in the prequel yeah. <laughs> you know
0: no that was that was a really good uh I don't know if you would call it an excursion but it was a really great sort of a B story in the uh and, and there were a lot of intriguing little things that happened that like put questions in my head. And there's yeah. enough uncertainty about the future now that I don't know how things, I don't know if things are going to necessarily pan out the way that they're supposed to pan out. Do you know what I mean? Because of mm-hmm. there have been doubts planted, uh, I think quite effectively, but, but number one, you know, he, he appears in Londo's court and Londo's clearly emperor and very old. Uh, and he, he, you know, he's going to have him executed because from what I can tell Sheridan and Delenn have won the shadow war, but the consequences, the shadows just like ripped through Centauri prime. And, uh, uh, and for whatever reason, Sheridan and Delenn did not, uh, did not, address this this fallout and it, it, it seems to have their a, mess yeah it did not it seems to have londo mad but then we later learn that's because londo's got so i think he's got some weird thing on his shoulder that's like a yeah a shadow entity that's kind of controlling him or monitoring him and the only way he can sort of get around it is if he gets really drunk and it falls asleep and so it's such
1: a great Londo superpower to yeah. have too. just like, he, he can out drink his keeper. But.
0: And so, but it was fabulous because you see Londo outraged at them and he's, you know, it seems like he's gonna, he's gonna kill Sheridan, but then they let Delenn go into the the prison. And this is Delenn in the future. This is, so Sheridan gets lodged out of time and he's, he's basically experiencing his own future like 20 years from now or something or 17 years from now. and, and, he, and they throw him in prison. Then Delenn comes in and she talks about their son that they have. And it was it, this could have fallen apart so easily because <laughs> it, it, like you really had to believe that she believed that he that they had like this whole 17 years of experience together. And yeah. it, it was I it was a really great it was a really great moment in the show. And then they get brought back before him and he's all drunk. And now he sort of shows his other side. And you're like, yeah. oh, it's not. Londo's not as horrible as I thought he became. There's more to this than meets the eye. And then. And then. Uh, Jacquard shows up. And. <laughs> and I still don't know what to think about that because. I mean, Jacquard. I, I mean, this is sort of. I mean, that's the thing that's sort of he's been talking about since I think the very, very first day of the series is, uh,
1: yeah. The, the first episode, not the pilot, but the first episode, it gets brought up. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, you know, and they, they, we, I don't think we see the outcome, but it looks pretty clear that they either kill each other or the, probably Londo gets killed because he's so old. And uh, as mm-hmm. I think is a little bit more of a tough guy. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. There was a lot going on. and There was so much in this episode. I'm sure I've missed some things, but, yeah, I, I and would,
1: Veer Veer picking up the imperial seal from Uh Lando's corpse too.
0: Yeah, because I because I think I was predicting that Veer becomes emperor <laughs> yeah. before. Because I was I I just because what I was imagining is well, Lando's going to try to arrange to have Veer be emperor first based on what he heard, you know so yeah. Um, yeah so yeah that was interesting um and and he has he had a very unusual look on his face so I'm wondering what happens to Veer in the intervening seventeen years. <laughs> um, but we also see another thing. We see so. So number one, they don't tell people about uh, Kosh's death, and I think did we did the fallout of Kosh's death get addressed in this episode, or was it addressed uh, in the previous episode?
1: I I, I got to admit it's blurred together. I think I think. I, I think maybe it was the beginning of this episode that they, they kind of decided to keep it a secret. It was either at the very end of the last one or at the, the beginning of this one. Consider, but, you know, uh, I'm considering part one and two the same episode for our purposes. But,
0: but, but it's relevant because we find out they're going to be having another uh, Vorlon show up that's going to pretend to be Kosh. And obviously nobody's going to be able to tell the difference. Um, but... Uh, but we see another Vorlon on Mimbari and he's got a red lens instead of a green one. And, and yeah. immediately my mind was going to, well, that looks like a red Jedi color to me. And so I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if this, if this Mimbari was good or bad, I not Mimbari, this, uh, Vorlon was good or bad. Um, but, uh, but it was interesting to see that there's another Vorlon influencing things on Mimbari. Um, and, uh, and, and the whole thing with Minbar was, I don't know, I, I, we got to see it. Like, we've seen yeah. Minbar before, but...
1: Uh, well, not in a series, actually. We saw Minbar in the prequel movie, but oh, Minbar has never been shown in the series But we've seen before. her at
0: the Great Council and things like well, that. Oh, yeah,
1: I mean, we haven't, I mean, my, yeah, we've seen it in... Well, I mean, the
0: thing is, I we've don't. Seen hallways. I see, we've seen interior hallways of of Well,
1: oh, I think I think the Great Council always meets on that ship anyway. They you know they kind of have their their big ship they meet on. So I don't know if we're actually on Minbar or we oh. have like an orbit around Minbar or you okay. know it's like okay. So I don't know that we've ever actually been on Minbar's surface.
0: Okay, now.
1: but at least we've never been outside.
0: You did have to use your imagination a little bit with 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 this version yeah. of minbar but i got the point and i and i and i i i like sort of the picture that they were painting with the available technology at the time um, mm-hmm. and so i mean again if you you know i think if somebody watches this and they've never seen a show from the 90s they might they might find it but like you know i i you know just go back and watch like a star trek episode from 1990 that's set on another planet and, and see how <laughs> they use cg and it's <laughs> you know yeah there were limits there were limits. <laughs> there were limits. <laughs> um, but uh but yeah so
2: yeah so, and
1: the scenes on minbark too just with sinclair getting a letter from himself and stuff it's like if if you're more caught up in like oh i think that scenery looks dodgy i, I can't imagine anyone not being like just really into what's going on with the story at that
0: point yeah yeah no <laughs> the story is so good that it could have been it could have been a stage and it would have worked like it really yeah. didn't matter at that point um but uh but, but 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 what I was saying is I did like what they were trying to sort of point my mind to um, with yeah. you know what, what, what they had. Um, but yeah, okay. so so I don't know any what 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 was your take on this one because
1: uh, oh this this is a, this I mean this is just a fantastic episode. I mean, it, it,
0: yeah, I mean I,
1: I you know keep praising it and praising it, I mean, I thing that's great about it. Is just the title has cool multiple meanings, too, because it's okay. like war without end and the fact that the war is kind of a circle at this point. Yeah. It's just like going in this loop, but it also going with the, with the, with the Sheridan plot, you know, you've got, OK, the shadow war is over, but the, it doesn't look like. Everything's good now. <laughs> it's like it's like you know. It's not it's not like just you know. It's not like the war or something is just going to end and everything's going to be fine at the end. It's like a it's an ongoing struggle, just like reality is.
0: They foreshadowed that in an interesting way too, with the circle. With Jakar had a line when he was waiting for to get he wanted to, he wanted in on their council in yeah. the previous episode, and he said he had infinite patience. And ah. Delen, I think Dylan or no, it might've been Ivanova. It was Ivanova. Ivanova. Yeah. She was like, I thought you said you had infinite patience. And he's like, yeah, but space and time are curved. And so like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm coming back to the, so he was sort of talking about that same circle. And then, That's... and then when, and then, and then Sinclair, they describe him as he, he is the closed circle. And so I thought that was yeah. kind of nice.
2: That,
1: yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that, but that that does seem very deliberate. And uh, another thing that's interesting, too, is through the whole series, we've had these Minbari prophecies that keep being brought up. And it's like, with the fact that, you know, the Centauri had their seers and stuff, it's like, there's almost this assumption that the prophecies are all this psychic thing, but they're not. They're all written down because it's, it's Sinclair using just his knowledge of history (laughs) to write all these prophecies. So it's actually a time travel prophecy thing, not a psychic thing. Yep. And wait, but of course that raises the point that those are over now. There's like, everything is up for grabs now. It's like Minbari has been ordered by living by Valen's prophecies for a thousand years, but they just ran out of them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: That's interesting. Yeah. That's a very interesting point. So I get, you know, you better hope the Vorlons are, uh, Uh, on top of things i suppose but but i guess they do have other glimpses of the future now so like uh you know sheridan has a i mean he's going to be puzzling see here's the thing i feel like if sinclair saw those visions he would know what to do with them i don't (laughs) trust sheridan to know what to do with those visions i feel like he could make the wrong move after having been given foreknowledge of history do you know what I mean? Whereas, yeah, uh, I yeah, feel like it's, it's it's in safer hands with Sinclair. And even Sinclair, I think, changed things because he didn't he get didn't he try to get Garibaldi to safety um, during this episode? Or did I misunderstand what he was doing there?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I'm honestly not entirely sure what
0: Sinclair was doing at that point. But okay. yeah.
1: I, I'm a little little shaky on that part of it.
0: But but even then, I still trust Sinclair. If if, if, if one of them is going to try to change history, I feel like Sinclair is the better person to do that. Um, he's yeah, he, he's, he's just, more he,
1: level-headed.
0: Well, he's more level. I, I mean, I think they're both great characters, but I think just the way that they're sort of depicted, I think Sinclair is intended to be smarter than Sheridan. Sheridan is more a man of action. That's my impression. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... Sheridan's definitely the bigger risk taker. And
0: And, uh, and Sheridan is a good tactical thinker. But I I don't feel like he's a good deep thinker the way that Sinclair might be able to be a good deep thinker. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. No, and it's it's, – yeah, I mean really that – I kind of remember Straczynski talking about that in an interview once where – when, when he was switching the captains, he kind of he kind of felt like he almost made Sinclair too smart. That Sinclair was the guy that would just show up and fix problems, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like with with you know with with Sheridan, he's like you know he kind of he kind of felt like wow I can't use this character as much because you know he just shows up and he's like oh I know how to fix this you know mm-hmm. whereas with where Sheridan, Sheridan Sheridan fixes problems and creates problems. Yeah, he's... yeah.
0: <laughs> so so like the whole thing with. Is he gonna? Is he gonna go to Zahidum or not? You know what I mean? Like that is like a, uh, mm-hmm. and and I get the impression, I don't know, but I get the impression that the timeline that he saw hinges on him not going there. Do you know what I mean? Because Delenn told him don't go there, and so she, yeah, she's kind of speaking of it like it's her past tense. You know what I mean? Like, cause obviously this is like the end, you know, like she thinks she's about to be executed. So yeah. uh, she isn't, but she thinks so. Now they could just go to that. That could be the next beat in the story. That's when they could go there. I don't know. But, um, but I'm one, but, but it's, there's enough doubt planted in my head now where I'm like, well, if he, if, if at any point doom comes up and he decides to go, that totally changes everything now. So like, uh, um, so, 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 you know, it's a it, it, very good use of time travel because they, 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 they're, they're following their own time travel rules as far as I can tell. I mean, I'm sure people mm-hmm. on the Internet have found there is always holes with time <laughs> travel stories. So I'm sure people have sure. found that they exist. But to, as well as you can, I think they're following them. And they're also leaving enough stuff open that I don't know for sure how everything's going to pan out. And I think that's the ideal situation. When you when you when you have time travel that involves showing people stuff that's supposed to happen 17 years from now, that, yeah. you know I, I don't feel like I can rest easy and go oh well they win the shadow war. Do you know what I mean I just I just it, it, no. I don't.
1: Well, they, I mean they, they've made it they've made it clear that you know that I mean when when we've seen the Santari you know Cirrus for example she's like well you know nothing is completely set you can always.
0: Yeah, you but that's, always have a choice. But that's different because they're talking about prophecy and seeing into the future. He actually went to the future. That's so That's true. That's a, that's that's true. a much more concrete step. No, but but again, like I was saying, the, the wild card for me is the person who went there was Sheridan. I don't trust Sheridan to have foreknowledge of his future life. I feel like if somebody in this series <laughs> would screw it up, it might be him. So uh, Or Delenn. I don't know. Maybe Because Del, Delenn had that weird future vision where she's in the room with him and the door opens and then a, it sounds like a female robot or a female alien says something. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
0: and it kind of seemed to freak her out. And I don't know if she was freaked out just because she saw something that she wasn't expecting, like a vision that she wasn't expecting to have, or if she was freaked out because that voice is meaningful. Um, And, the snow globe. So, yeah. Yeah. So something, something is, there's just a lot of ominous things being hinted at here and and so yeah so I, you, you know and hopefully we'll find out over the course of the series uh you know what I you know uh how well those ominous notes were planted but uh, <laughs> but yeah th- this was this was ast- it's funny because I keep talking about it's sort of like Babylon 5 has an expanding scale because like 5 epigo- episodes ago I said this was the Plateau. This was like the peak. They couldn't the peak. get any better than this. I, I remember I told, saying I told that.
1: you there were other peaks. Yeah. There's other peaks
0: coming. But I couldn't imagine one it. Of them. I couldn't imagine it before watching these episodes. Because, you know, I just I was like, well, it'll be like the same. It'll be like the same level of quality as I am right now. Um, yeah. But they jumped it up again. So, like, I feel like my scale of, I keep giving episodes, like, in my head. I'll keep going, oh, that's a seven or that's an eight. But that keeps shifting because the scale keeps broadening as the show goes on. And and my my expectations of the show get so much higher. I feel like if I went back and watched season one, I would grade it more harshly than I graded it the first time through because I had no idea how good it was going to get. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, I don't know because, like I said, my second time watching, I enjoyed I enjoyed season one more because I was seeing all these mm. things I didn't see before too. You know, which is which goes back to why I always say watch the prequel first because the more you know, the better season one is. Yeah. Um, so I don't know you might you might not. I mean yeah obviously even even liking season 1 more season 1 is not as good as the future seasons without a doubt but um, but yeah I don't know if you'd like it more or
0: less. I mean but, and I I don't know but but I'm just the, the important thing is there's there's for my my experience of it is there is this this broadening of uh yeah. of the of the of the limits of, of of how I would rate these episodes in the first place. Um and so you know, I, I just am. I'm, I'm constantly getting surprised by this show. As the, as a, you know, and again, if it if it's all downhill from here, I think I'd still be satisfied because like this was quite, this was quite an achievement where they've gotten to. Um, I don't think yeah. it'll be all downhill, but who knows? You know, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx my enjoyment of the series. <laughs> but every show has its, you know, has its ups and downs. Um, yeah, but, definitely, definitely. I, I,
1: you know, I mean. There are there are patches ahead, which I don't think are the greatest patches, but I think this show is consistently good mm. all the way through. Okay, so, okay, uh, that's my take.
0: And I think I think that stuff like that is inevitable when you have a you know when you have a long story like this. Yeah, and you know, and I also am aware of upcoming cast changes and things like that. That always is going to impact these sort of things, and so. Uh, and, it, and it does yeah. yeah that that
1: has an impact and, and the fact that that season four will be the one where they are worried that they are going to be canceled so they wrap things up some things up quicker than they otherwise would have definitely has an effect on the show but i think it, it stays good throughout
0: but but you know we'll we'll see i mean i think that's kind of, it's kind of like what happened with rome right didn't rome have to wrap yes. up things really quickly and
1: it it's, it's it doesn't have to wrap
0: things up as quickly as rome i'll say that
1: much. Okay. it's not rome rome was like a worse case
0: than uh than, than and i now. have to say i still like the way rome wrapped that's up. that's my right? point yeah. that's my point exactly i
1: still like the second season of rome as well and it's still and yeah it's it's not not as abrupt as
0: that without a doubt it's
1: it's still a pretty pretty satisfying season <laughs>
0: But but yeah, so we're coming on the 50-minute mark, so I think we should end it there. But uh, any additional thoughts on this episode or these four episodes that we just went
2: through?
1: Uh, No, I think I've pretty much said it all. Uh, Yeah, it is interesting. I will say just as a callback to last podcast that, you know, the uh, cat versus rat podcast we just did, you know – one of the complaints we had was the lack of escalation, how you just had the cycle of things happening around and around in a circle without escalating. And this this podcast, we're talking about how well the show is kind of escalating, It yeah. takes smoothly and effectively. Well, so. it's
0: escalating and then it brings the stuff down to a level when it needs yeah. to. Like it turns the volume down occasionally, which is really important because if it was a constant escalation, you almost Mm -hmm. get like that 24 effect where you're like having palpitations by the end of the season and you're, you're like physically uncomfortable watching it. And yeah. And this, there's enough, there's enough downtime that like you have, it gives you time to process what happened when it's a relentless escalation. It all blurs together. And, and, and I feel like there's, there's a, there's a shape to the overall story of the season. And that, that helps. It helps you remember. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, but yeah, it's very much, uh, the, the story is advancing spectacularly. And, uh, uh, this, I mean, this, some, I was talking to a friend, I, I, be, I believe, this was somebody else. It could have been you, but I have another friend who watches, who, who, who's a fan of Babylon five. And I was talking to him and I think he's the one who made this point. He said, it's the thing he liked about it is it's like reading a book rather mm-hmm. than watching a show. And I think that's true. It feels like reading a book. And a lot of shows try to do that now, but we've complained a lot about how that just never seems to work. Somehow it's working here. I don't know why. But I'm really buying into sort of this is like an ongoing long story and I'm fully on board with it.
1: Yeah, well, he does, you know, Straczynski does make a point that each each season is a separate book. This is like a five-book series, and each season is a distinct book within the series. So you get... You do you do, you do get a nice, satisfying feel to each season as part of a larger story. Mm.
0: So, yeah, so I, I'm very pleased. I don't know. I, I assume we're going to get a dip again because they, they just had all this stuff happen, so they're going to have to lower some of that uh, escalation. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know because we're getting pretty close to the end of the season too, so maybe they things probably have to pick up pretty quickly too again. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm on board. Hopefully we'll be able to – I don't know when's our next podcast for this. A Sunday is that our next one, or? Uh, next one? I think I can do Sunday. Yeah. So, so if we do, then we might even finish the season by then. I don't know. I don't know how to <laughs> we'll see, we'll
1: see how sucked in you get. Yeah.
0: Um, but, uh, and I've already got, got season four lined up. I've got I've got it ready to ready to go. Uh, Excellent. So, um, and I should say, if people want to pick up Babylon Five, they're available on Amazon Prime. I, I, that's where I got my versions of it, and it's um i've been really i mean for for stuff that comes from the 90s i was not expecting the quality of the of the video to be as good as it was so i was pretty happy uh mm-hmm. watching this on on prime i was really because i mean i've gone back and watched old like i went back and watched hercules again <laughs> a few years ago and and the age of the show really showed <laughs> um but uh but this one, it doesn't show so much. It's funny. It's like the only time I notice the age is when they do the Warner Brothers logo, at the yeah. end. that's that's <laughs> when I know that's when I'm like, oh yeah, this was definitely made in 1996. But yeah. uh, but it really kind of holds up. Um, and again, the CG, the CG obviously is what you know. But it. it I don't know. Just
1: CG's, it, CG's pretty good this season, though. I have to say. I mean, it's it's still old. It's still definitely. 90s, yeah, I mean, you can CG, tell it's not think...
0: like two thousand six CG's. No, no, but
1: I, I I like the CG this season a lot better than the previous seasons.
0: Yeah, no, I and I, I would agree. I would agree. And uh, they they didn't go in and George Lucas it did they did they like go in and add no
1: and say, oh, no the know, funny know. thing is they uh, they intended to they actually preserved all the all the actual files of animation so that over time they could like retexture and add like new lighting effects mm-hmm. to the scene so they could continually keep improving and improving it and all those files got lost
0: Oh point. really okay So
1: yeah so it, it was actually one where they they they, they 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 were prepared to Lucas it before Lucas had Lucased anything that was their original plan but but thanks to poor file management it didn't happen
0: That's well that's a bummer I Though I, I would say here, here's what I would like to see them do maybe is if they really if they ever did that, I would hope that they would preserve this version, but also release a version that has like really cleaned up CG so you can see what he had wanted it to look like maybe. Um, yeah, but so that you yeah. still have what it looked like when it aired, because I feel I don't know. I just feel like it's a historical document. It's really I important agree. to have yeah. a record of what it actually looked like. And I, that's one of my problems with the Star Wars thing. Like I recognize a lot of the stuff they did as an improvement on the uh, effects, but you sort of are messing with the document itself, and so then it becomes very unclear. Like, what will what, what were we experiencing in 1982 if we saw this on video versus what we, we were experiencing in 1990? I don't remember when they did, I remember them coming out in the '90s, but they did the re-releases of Star Wars and.
1: Yeah. Well, I have an issue with Star Wars 2 in that Lucas didn't actually direct two of those movies, too. And it's like, you know, I feel like he's kind of stepping on other directors' work. Uh,
0: okay, that's uh, fair. That's reasonable.
1: Um, he was producer, but I don't know. But, you know, like I said, I, I, yeah, I just wish we had both of them. Who knows? With uh, the, the major obstacle to, to anyone doing it now is uh, 20th Century Fox owning the distribution and Disney owning the Right, so with Disney buying Fox, we may actually get uh, the original version again.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 don't know if I trust Disney with, um, with Babylon Five.
1: <laughs> there, yeah. there's money involved, money to be made. But uh, I, I just. Oh no, I, no, no! I said got Babylon Five until I still got Star Wars. Oh, I thought so. I thought you were saying that Babylon. No, 5. I wouldn't trust Disney with Star Wars or okay. I even mean, with, uh, with Babylon Five, <laughs> okay. but. Uh,
0: no, no, I, I don't know. I, I
1: don't know if I'd, I'm not sure if I'd want Babylon 5 to be remade or not. Wait, I, one, um,
0: I wouldn't want someone like J.J. J. Abrams controlling the Babylon 5. Um, no, he he's yeah, not,
1: he, he's not even close to the you, right be, Because
0: this is so much more in the, I mean, I know we compare it to Star Trek a lot um, in terms of a contrast, like how different it is, but it's much more in the realm of Star Trek in terms yes. of dialogue heavy. And I'm just not a fan of, like, uh, I I liked, I liked the, I liked the way that they handled Star Wars because Star Wars is kind of an action movie. So I thought that him doing that made sense to a degree, but the new Star Trek movies that he did have not at all have any appeal to me just because (laughs) I expect a lot of dialogue and, and, and I don't know, just plot development and not things flying through space at really high speeds and, um... And so I just wouldn't want this. This show is so the story is so perfect. Uh, I don't think I don't think that it would be safe in his hands. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whose hands it would
1: be safe in, but I I don't know. I mean, I, I, I flaws and all, I like the old Babylon Five, and I, I don't know. I don't know if if anyone could redo it and keep what's good about it and still fix the what flaws it has.
0: I don't know. Well, if they if they actually redid it, part of the problem is. A lot of what makes it work is the casting. I think even even if exactly. the, even if even if like you don't have even if you don't particularly like the acting of the actor, the actor's personality is very important. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's like mm-hmm. a I, so I feel like uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you could. I don't like. I can't imagine. Nobody else could play Jakar, I think no. I, I can't. I, <laughs> I simply can't imagine it. And and the same thing with Delenn. Like I can't really imagine somebody else in that role. Orlando, you know, like these—these these are these people really own these roles, and uh, yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessary to remake Babylon Five. You know, and it, 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 I think it's fine the way it is. But, uh, but you never know. Maybe, they, maybe you know, maybe where there's money to be made, they might. Uh, yeah,
1: it could happen, and it could be good. I'd, I'd be happy to be surprised. So.
0: But anyways we'll we'll stop it there because we've been going on for an hour and uh okay (laughs) uh, but yeah so we'll be back on with uh with more podcasts next week we are going to do for wuxia uh we're going to work off the same material that uh cat versus rat was based on so we're going to do house of traps next which uh Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun and um and we'll also hopefully get to stuff on sunday and then we're gonna we're gonna be getting some more gaming topics on the podcast soon as well so we'll keep you updated on that And until then, we will talk to
2: you later.